You know, Paul describes this moment in 2 Corinthians. He writes, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Have you ever imagined what that's going to be like when we meet Jesus face to face and we know that he sees us completely? Jesus describes certain people who will come before him with false confidence. They will call him Lord, Lord, which means they identify themselves as Christians. There are people who are good at talking the talk. They've prophesied in his name. They know how to speak of forgiveness and the Trinity and Bible verses. There are people who have opposed the right enemies. They cast out demons in Jesus' name. They, they've worked against un- injustice. They've fought poverty. There are people who have had profound spiritual experiences. Some of them have even done miracles in Jesus' name. They have felt the power of God's presence. And so they're confident when they appear before Jesus. They are certain of themselves. But then Jesus, when he sees them, says, I don't know you. You and I, we do not have a relationship. Can you imagine the dismay, the terror, the confusion as they ask, what does that mean? And the answer Jesus gives essentially is this. You didn't enter through the narrow gate. You didn't walk along the narrow path. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then notice what he calls these people with false confidence. You are workers of lawlessness. You don't know me, because if you knew me, you would have obeyed me. You would have followed me, and you didn't. Now, I realize that this this passage can cause some confusion because, like, wait a second, week after week, haven't we spoken about how we are saved not because of our own righteousness, but just simply because we've trusted in Jesus and he has died for us and covered us and given us forgiveness? Yes, yes, and yes. But what this saying here is if you've trusted in Jesus, you will obey him. Not perfectly, but earnestly. And if you aren't, If you're not on that path, you do not know him. New Testament scholar Don Carson puts it this way. It is true, of course, that no man enters the kingdom because of his obedience. But it is equally true that no man enters the kingdom who is not obedient. It is true that men are saved by God's grace through faith in Christ. But it is equally true that God's grace in a man's life inevitably results in obedience. Any other view of grace cheapens grace. Cheap grace preaches forgiveness without repentance, church membership without rigorous church discipline, discipleship without obedience, blessing without persecution, joy without righteousness. See, these people with false confidence, they didn't enter in through the narrow gate and walk down the narrow path because 
They didn't feel like they needed to. The broad path just looked so much easier, so much more enticing, and they could still follow Jesus and do this. They were truly well-intentioned. But they didn't get it right. And that's ultimately the only thing that matters. So Jesus here, these are hard words. They're hard words to preach. They're hard words to hear. But he, in love, is exhorting us. He, he warns us from the terrible end. He says, enter through the narrow gate. Walk down the narrow road because on this pathway and only on this pathway, you will find me. We need to understand here, this is not a call to be heroic, to be super competent, to be perfect. There are no bonus points for running down the narrow path faster. And there's no rewards or higher level for stumbling fewer times than others. This is simply a call, nothing more than nothing less than to choose to enter through the narrow gate and to be on the narrow path. In other words, it is a call to entrust ourselves into Jesus' care and to let him be our master. And Jesus is very transparent. He says, this is going to be hard. This is going to be constraining. But I am going to be there with you. And he loves you. And I will bring you to the end. It's only right, I think, for us to try to hear these words and to reflect upon them for a moment and then to respond. We have a time of, of silence before us where we can think about what Jesus has said. And then we're going to have an opportunity to confess. For some of you, this might be an opportunity to say, Lord, I have not been walking on the narrow path and I am wanting to follow you. I confess my sin. For others, in some ways, it is a recommitment where we recognize where we have failed and we want to continue to follow Jesus faithfully knowing that we have a forgiving God. But wherever you are, I invite you to take a moment to quietly think and then I will lead us in confession and there will be a time of silent confession in the middle of it.